All right, guys, welcome to today's show. And on the show with me today, I've got Taylor Goodwin. And Taylor and I chatted for quite a while, and I got to hear all about wildlife photography down in Texas. I mean, he he travels all over the place, but one of the things that he is really well known for currently is getting out and taking pictures of some of the gnarliest, biggest, craziest antler deer I've ever seen. You guys really need to go check out his social media and see exactly what I'm talking about. But we're going to dive into an episode where normally, I mean, I always have diehard hunters and fishermen on here, but this this go-round is someone who shoots his animals through a lens instead of behind a shotgun, rifle, or bow. He does still get out and hunt every now and then, but um, yeah, his passion is taking photos, and you'll hear that come through in this episode. So let's dive in. Like, he was doing things that were just badass. That was one of the coolest moments of my life. I was really scared, but knowing that Dan had the gun, I did have the rifle, like, we would be okay. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. And on the show with me today, I've got Taylor Goodwin, and Taylor is from Tag Outdoors. Um... We've just been talking for a couple minutes, and I'm already like, this guy's going to be a good friend of mine. I can just feel it. Uh, so welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Thanks. I appreciate you having me. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, why don't you start out by just sharing a little bit about yourself, um, kind of what you do in the outdoor world, and how you got into hunting. Yeah, man. Uh, originally, I'm from Arkansas. Uh, grew up hunting and fishing uh, with my family. We got a little farm on outskirts of two different towns between Newport and Jonesboro so about 20 miles from civilization but we like to spend our weekends and we got a little cabin and stuff out there but so that that was me my entire life uh not knowing any different like most outdoorsmen now you consider yourself an outdoorsman but really it's just a way of life in a sense you know it's just how you grew up and uh so then I, I went to high school and college graduated with a criminal uh justice degree and sociology and joined the border patrol down in South Texas. So I'm in, I'm in Del Rio, Texas, been down here for 14 years doing that. And, um, I didn't know if I would stay here, uh, especially leaving Northeast Arkansas to go to Southwest Texas, but I love it. Uh, and like I was telling you all ago, man, if you're an outdoorsman and you enjoy hunting and fishing and being out there and, and chasing animals, it's, it's kind of the same thing. So you're, instead of, chasing animals you're out tracking and pursuing people you know you're working with a group of guys you see people off in the distance you're you're using each other to coordinate how to get in front of them how to track them how to get down to them you know apprehend them but it's that changed my my whole life Uh, i met my wife down here in uh in texas and i will say that she she's probably a lot of the reason why we have tag outdoors she is the the A in tag, as she likes to say. Nice. It's a yeah, Taylor and Adriana Goodwin. We're uh, we do photo and video for a lot of ranches around Texas. Um, so yeah, man, uh, it we've been in the outdoor industry for a long time. We now do a lot of work uh, with uh, several different game ranches here in Texas, uh, and then we've done stuff for like Bass Pro Shop, Arctic Coolers, uh, a lot of photo stuff, a lot of social media and marketing. Nice. Oh, excuse me. A lot of marketing, but yeah, man, it's, uh, we enjoy it. You know, there, there's no, uh, 
there's no end in sight right now. We, we're not slowing down any. I just got back yesterday from uh, from a weekend up at 1024 Ranch out close to Dallas, doing some stuff for them to help them promote. And then in two more days, I'm going to leave and go up to Shady Trail Ranch and start helping uh, uh, those guys with their hunts and stuff. So it's never ending, but uh, between the Border Patrol and, and Tag Outdoors, man, it's no days off. You know? Yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah, but it's good times. No, that's cool. I I can only imagine. I've been down, I've been down to a ranch in Texas one time for hunting, and it was my buddy's family ranch. Um, but all the high fence operations and stuff, driving by other ranches, were like you'll literally see a six point that's like twenty four inches wide and like <laughs> sixteen inches tall. I can't imagine being in your shoes where you're just like up close and personal with some of the biggest deer on the planet it's got to yeah. be it's got to be bittersweet like oh man i wish i was shooting you with a different object other than the <laughs> camera <laughs> yeah you know and, and so like a lot if if, 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 you're, if you're not from texas a lot of people don't understand how that high fence stuff works and um so and, and because of social media nowadays there's a lot of banter back and forth between hunters and you know we're our own worst enemies when yeah. it comes to uh, oh, did you get that? Because it's a nice buck, you know. It's huge. It's got a lot of mass, you know. And the first thing you, you'll get a comment: "Oh, that was a did you hand feed that deer or something?" You know, uh-huh. it doesn't really work that way. But it is a high fence property. It might be two thousand acres, but most of those bucks will never see all four sides of that ranch. That's yep. just not how the habitat of whitetail deer work. You know, they might only need twenty five acres to, to roam, and then during the rut, they might need seventy five acres. So. And that's one thing, like even when we go back to these ranches year after year to get new photos for them, we always tend to find deer in the same general places as we did last year and the deer before, the deer before, the year before, you know, so, and it's different bucks, but it's just because they have patterns. That, yep. That's why hunters love and, and want to chase whitetails because they're, you can pattern those animals and get out yeah. in front of them if you use some, some trail cameras and stuff. So. Yeah, I, I'm, and I'm not saying that I'm big into high fence something, but we do guide a lot, so I understand it. There, there is a place for it, oh, for 100%. sure, and then there's a place for people who just want to have a lease. You know, you want to have a place to go to. You want to take your kids out there. You might spend five, six thousand dollars a year on all your stuff that you want to have out there to enjoy, and then you have guys that don't have that that time, and they want to take their son somewhere and they just want to pay that $6,000 up front. I want my son to, to enjoy four or five days. I want him to get a really nice buck and I want us to have a good time together. Yep. And, and some people will value that more than having to go out to a lease for an entire year and maybe not even getting to shoot. So it's all personal preference. Oh, absolutely. To be honest. Yeah. I think, I think there's a place for all the, I mean, there's so many different types of hunting, even like deer hunting behind dogs. Like, you talk mm-hmm. about that most places and people are like, you're kidding me. But in South Carolina, that's a way of life. I mean, they've been we, doing We did that. it in Arkansas as well. Yeah. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I just, I think people need to be more open-minded to things that are unfamiliar to them. Uh, when things are different, guard, defenses go up pretty quickly. But I look yeah. at it and I'm like, man, if I lived in Texas, I'd probably put a high fence around my whole property too. Because even here in Missouri, we only hunt like 320 acres and, or sorry, 230 acres. And we were told we've got sole permission on it. Well, first year we hunted there, my buddy's sitting up on this row of hay bales overlooking a field. 
and 10 minutes before shooting light, headlight headlamp comes in, sits on the other end of the hay bales. And he's like, <laughs> wow. what in the world? But it's like just to have have the guarantee that you're not going to have poachers coming on the property, you know, like the fence yeah. for that reason alone is appealing to me. Yeah. It helps keep predators out and it helps you manage the game. You can feed them better. If you know, there's just a certain amount of animals that are going to feed off that, you know, like in Arkansas and Missouri, both there is plenty of good grass and good vegetation yep. down here in Texas where it's all rock. No, you need to be feeding these guys if you want them to, to turn into anything. Oh yeah. And so a lot of that, a lot of that money, that you're having to pay to, to, to hunt those animals is because of the feed bill mm-hmm. alone, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it, it's, it's just however you, you personally like to hunt, you know, like me, we, we go out to New Mexico at least four times a year. We're nice. chasing elk and, and uh, bear and, and mule deer. We're actually leaving today's. Yeah. So in two weeks we're leaving to go on a mule deer hunt out in unit 34. So I, I really enjoy that stuff because that, that to me is wild game in their natural element you don't have any advantages other yep. than nowadays you have like apps like Onyx and base map where you can kind of plan ahead and, and put a little, you know, put a plan ahead and execute. You know, it's all, all you're trying to do is get out in front of these animals, high point and glass all day. So oh, yeah. everybody has, has their different way of doing it for sure. Yeah. I just like, I like learning about all the different ways and I'm like, I just want to, there's certain things that I, I'd be like, you know, I'd try it just to see, but I probably am not going to adopt that way. Mm-hmm. And who knows, maybe I get out and I try to hunt something a totally different way than I have in the past and fall in love with it. And that's mm-hmm. what I, I always thought like Turkey hunting or even Western big game hunting. I thought it would be fun, but I'm like, I enjoyed sitting in my tree stand and I know where to look for the deer coming across the field. Um, yep. And then I get out to Colorado and I'm hiking up and down mountains And I'm like, this is such hard work. Like in the moment when you're packing meat up a mountain, it's just like, Mm -hmm. God, can this please be over? And yeah, absolutely. I look back and those are some of my favorite memories, you know? Oh, it's the most rewarding, you know? So my buddy last year, uh, he finally got him an elk tag. So I took him into one of my little honey holes back in New Mexico we saw elk every day. We just, it was during a muzzleloading hunt. So you have to get within 200 yards or I want to be, yeah. uh, you know, with the muzzleloader we were using, I want to make sure we're under 200. You can get those guns that shoot out to 800, but you know, yeah. I'm, I'm also a big bow hunter. So the closer you can get, the more adrenaline you can get, uh-huh. it, you're going to love it. Right. So man, he, he got blown out every single day, got busted by the cows, you know, and, So it was the last day and he was starting to get pretty, pretty nervous. And, um, we finally got in on one and it disappeared on us. And, but I never told him that I already had two more because I was way up on top of a mountain. And I said, but these other two, I'm going to have to come down there with you and we're going to have to just grind it out. It's Mm -hmm. it's not going to be fun. There's going to be some low crawling because where we have to go, they've got the high ground. So it was about one o'clock in the afternoon. They finally fell asleep and you could see them. The, the heads on those bulls just kind of nodding off. <laughs> so cool. here we go crawling through the, it took us an hour and a half to go 50 yards to get to a little clearing where he could slide that muzzleloader through some pines, you know, he shot and that bull stood up and then collapsed. And he started shaking so much. <laughs> I, I was shaking because he was shaking because I was so excited for him, but he, it was his highest high and his lowest lows every day. It felt like. Yep. So then 
the the adrenaline dumps you know he he's getting emotional i'm getting emotional because i'm so happy for him he, he has put so much work into it because every day you know we're up and down all these mountains and uh we get over there it would take a few hours to debone everything hang it all up start packing stuff out you know it takes us four four or five trips we're seven miles back in Dang. and uh on the last i recorded it on my phone we put all that stuff on our stories on instagram and stuff and uh He's coming up the last little hill with, with the head because the head's least important. Yeah, right? you get all yeah, that meat out first. To come yeah, out you, for sure because that that is the thing that you're going into for the reward of having to pack all that meat out. Yep. And I, I remember turning that camera around and looking at him, and I'm like, Bodie, what do you think, man? And he's like, Totally worth it, <laughs> but I'm dead. Yeah, <laughs> I am dead. You know. And so then you go back to camp, you have a couple beers, and you're just like, dude, that this is the greatest thing that's ever happened, yep. you know? So it's an emotional roller coaster, but man, hunting is, uh, it's everything to me. And oh, I'm yeah. sure it is for most people, you know, it, your, your entire life has revolved around it. You know, it's, it's the endless pursuit of game. Yeah. I, it, it was so cool going out the same type of deal. Um, my first hunt in Colorado, I was fortunate to take a bull and we were a couple miles back in and thankfully we still had radio um, communication with some other yeah. guys in camp and they came down to help. I mean, two guys, one of the guys didn't bring a, uh, game bag or, um, uh, meat backpack at all. Pack, and yeah. so he literally just had a game bag on each shoulder and carried it multiple <laughs> miles out. And I was just like, dude, seriously, thank you. And then they filled me in. They're like, listen, if you shoot a deer, an elk, a bear, whatever it is, you are automatically the beer runner the rest of the night for everybody. <laughs> and I was like, it makes sense. Absolutely. I mean, he just carried yeah. 40 pounds of yeah. meat five miles out. Like I will happily <laughs> go get you a beer every time you tell me to. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. It, uh, I, I love that stuff, you know? And then, so like we get to take people hunting into these ranches in Texas, but I get to still see that same roller coaster of emotions with these guys that only get to do it once a year, you know, yeah. and they've got their kids with them and stuff. So no matter where you are, it's still all about the experience, you know, and it, it, if you're enjoying it and you're loving it, I'm loving it yep. because I like to document it. You know, like I used to have to be the guy that that had to pull the trigger or shoot the bow about 10 years ago. All that stuff changed. You know, I mean, you start maturing once you get out of your 20s, but yep. Now, now, as long as I've got a camera in my hand and then I get to take pictures of you and I can show you those pictures and your face immediately lights back up. I love it. You yeah. Know? Cause I, I feel like I did my job two times, you know, yeah, we got you on real. the animal and I'm getting to deliver you some, some awesome photos that you're going to have forever. You know, that's cool. What, uh, what does it look like living in Texas now as an outdoorsman versus Arkansas? Like what are the big changes that you've seen or are there different types of animals that you've been able to hunt that, maybe you didn't think was possible growing up. Yeah, for sure. So the weather is hot always. <laughs> it seems like like right now it's 97, you know, oh, we're halfway gosh. through October. Like, give me a break. I'm waiting for fall. You know, yeah. I'm from Arkansas. Th this is like football fall weather right now in yeah. Arkansas. I mean, I, I talked to my mom yesterday and sh she said it's still kind of warm, but for everybody, and I, I, you said the same thing. So may maybe uh fall's coming around a little later this year, but still it's, it's warm here year round. So when you do go out and you go hunting, you got to get these animals uh, cleaned up and taken care of a little bit faster than you would back home. Like when growing up, we would shoot a deer up in the woods in Arkansas and, and you could let it lay, 
that night if he couldn't find it because it'd be 40 degrees outside, you know, and the next morning you can go out and find it and it's still your meat is still good, you know? Yep. Not, not here. You can't do that for multiple reasons. Mountain lions, coyotes, bobcats, you can't leave anything uh, very long at all, but the, the meat will spoil as well if it's still this time of year. Yeah. The, the one thing that I really got into um, was hunting exotics in Texas because it's something I didn't even know was a thing. I, you know, coming from Arkansas, we were duck hunters, you know, yeah. duck and deer. That was, that was about it. And then come down here and I go start going out to these ranches with my buddies and I'm like, what is that? You know, like everything looked looked like it was from a different country, you know, and uh, but that that's appealing because people people want to be able to hunt year round. People yeah. that really like to enjoy it, they would just want to go out and do stuff. So that's probably another thing that brings a lot of people down to Texas to do some hunting. Even though I know that there are some exotic game ranches that have opened up uh, over by you too. I think there were some in Missouri that I've seen open up, but mm-hmm. um, it, it's fun, man. The the exotics they all taste good too. We have. We haven't ran into anything that we we wouldn't eat for yeah. sure. All dad is um, pretty sought after in this area um, because it's kind of like a out west game. Mm-hmm. You you have to put time and effort into it. It might take you three or four days to get on them, uh, but the meat it's usually pretty tough. So you got to know somebody that can do it right. Um, but that's about the only one that that doesn't taste amazing. So yeah, but nice. the, the the weather and the animals uh i still miss arkansas i miss the fall i I miss the duck hunting i get back there twice a year you know opening weekend which the past two years opening weekend has been great and then it it stopped for Mm -hmm. a month you know man, i keep hearing that about arkansas that the the migration for some reason just hasn't been showing up like it should yeah rumor has it that over there by you boys, you, you guys in Missouri have been stopping our birds. <laughs> oh, I wish that was the case. I'm no, like, I think I, uh, we go up to Wisconsin this weekend, me and my buddy, we're going to go do a waterfowl hunt up there. And yeah. we're already expecting to shoot more birds in one weekend there than we will all season. I've, I've got buddies that didn't even hit a dozen birds or mm-hmm. like uh, hit that mark this year. Yeah. Or sorry, last season. They're like, dude, I, I shot eight birds in the entire mm-hmm. waterfowl season. And I mean, we're kind of in a bad spot in Missouri, like we're in Southwest. And so it seems like they all split and go to Kansas and Oklahoma and hit the fields yeah. over there, or they run the Mississippi river down. And so they kind of split about an hour North of us and go two yeah. different ways. And we hardly get any waterfowl in my part. Yeah. So my dad is like an expert in the he's ducks. He eats, lives and breathes ducks that, that's all he does you yeah. know and um he he's pretty certain that the because of the weather and it's not getting as cold up north because it has to freeze mm-hmm. it has to freeze in canada it has to start freezing in the northern states to start pushing these birds down but there are places now like on these reserves where they're throwing corn out um to get the birds to come in well once the birds get in there they can keep if there's enough ducks sitting in that water they can keep that water from freezing Mm -hmm. no matter how cold it gets well if they can do that those ducks are just going to keep piling in there they're going to keep spreading out they're going to keep it from freezing well if they do that they've got no reason to keep coming south to Missouri and Arkansas you know so and we talked to outfitters that are up north and they're banging birds I mean like numbers they've never seen the past couple of years so there is something going on um whether it be in our control or out of our control, it doesn't matter. But 
So if you like to duck hunt, you may have to start going on those outfitted hunts up north to, to really get a better experience because it's hit or miss in Arkansas when it used to be the duck capital of the world. Not everybody can say that anymore. Yeah. You know? I mean, it still brings a lot of revenue into the state. There, there's still tons of people that have heard it their entire lives about how the, the duck hunting is in Arkansas. So that's all they know. That's all they've heard. They're still going to want to come experience it, you oh, yeah. know, which, which is fine because you can still have a good time. It, it still boils down to the company you're with. And if you can have a positive mindset and have a good time, Oh, really. for sure. It, you know, you can, I, I know plenty of people that go hunting every morning with no intentions of even shooting their gun. They're yeah. just out there drinking coffee and, and bullshit. We just know? did that yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what it's all about, you know? I mean, if you want to go slaughter a bunch of birds, then go up north and slaughter a bunch of birds, you know? It's, yeah. Even in Arkansas, when duck season's out and you call the game and fish to get that special permit so you can, when the conservation season opens up and you can pull the plug on your gun and put however many bullets in there and use electric calls and do all that stuff, yeah. that's when everybody starts having a lot of fun with, with the goose hunting, oh, yeah. you know? Yeah, that that's and that's something I wished I could get into. But hell, by then I'm I'm back in Texas, still working on exotics. You know, because that, that's that's year round down here. Yeah, I like I like the idea of the exotic game ranches because I look at it and I'm like, I would love to go to Africa. I think it'd be awesome. I'd love the experience, see the see the different animals, and I know what that does for the economy in a lot of those countries. I mean, like that is the bulk mm-hmm. of the money brought in. Um, yeah, but. I don't have the means to do that. And so to know that there's a place, a state as a whole, almost in Texas, um, that I can go and get that same type of experience still have, they might, they aren't technically free range, but like you said, it might be a 12,000 acre ranch. They might not ever even see a fence. And so to say they're not free range is kind of misleading, you know? Yeah. Um, but to be able to go out and hunt some of these species, I mean, I see a bunch on the, on your back wall there. Uh, yeah, yeah, man. And some of those came from South Africa. And so I'll share that with you. Like we, we were hired to go on a hunt, um, with an outfitter who had seven guys that were just going to have the time of their life, you know, well, well off folks. And, um, but we got there and I felt like I was in Texas. No lie. Interesting. Uh, yeah, because it, it's they have huge properties, but because they have such a bad predator problem, they also high fence. Okay. They high fence to try to 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 keep control of these animals that they're they're raising in a sense because they're they're feeding them. They got food plots put out. I mean, it's a business, you know. Yeah. And so we get to riding around, and I mean, we're country is huge out there. There's everywhere you want to go, and you're seeing animals. And it was a photographer's paradise for me. You know, yeah. I, I was loving every minute of it. And, um, but as we kept riding around, I'm like, man, this is, this is similar to how things are done in, in Texas as well. You know, just because it's high fence doesn't mean that, that you can just walk out and see a deer and shoot it. It doesn't work that way. You still got to go out and find them, you know? Yep. So the, these guys, I think they ended up, uh, shooting 66 animals. So nice. they spent a ton of money, but had you done that in Texas, it would have cost you three times that amount of money. Um, so if you, if, if you ever thought about going to South Africa to do that kind of stuff, it's better to put a group together. Uh, you get better prices, you get better rates. And then when you get ready to ship all that stuff back, you can put it all in the same shipping container. 
Oh, nice. So that way, when it, when it comes back, you're just paying per pound what that crate cost. Okay. So you put all your mounts in there, and they'll mount that stuff for you. And what we're used to paying six, seven hundred dollars for a mount, they're doing it for two hundred bucks. Oh, wow. Yeah, and and I mean, I I if you're into details, you might know the difference. If if you're just looking for a good representation of the animal that you harvested, that's what you're getting. You're getting the animal that you harvested. Yep. You know, they'll they'll polish up the horns and put some of that shiny coat stuff on it. They they do the regular mounts, but where America kind of outperforms is in the detail work. You know, mm-hmm. the, 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 the time they put in the eye and the whiskers and they can open the mouth and they can show the teeth, you know, yep. you can see the, the muscle, you know, or the blood vessels in the chest of the animal. You're not, you're not going to get that kind of quality uh, in your mounts from over there, but you're getting it at a fraction of the cost. So yeah. you just kind of weigh out what you want, you know, but it's, it's still worth going. I think if it's something you've thought about doing, it's definitely worth putting a group of guys together and go. We, we went with uh, high veiled safari, uh, Henny. Um, okay. If anybody ever wanted to know about that, they could hit us up on Instagram or TikTok or whatever we're, we're around. We, I, I talk about that stuff all the time. So yeah, it, it's good. If you're thinking about it, I say jump on it, but don't, don't also think that you're going out there and it's like a prairie land of just animal. I mean, it's, they're still kind of stuck in there too. You yeah. know? <laughs> so, yeah. I, uh, I keep debating like if I'll, if I'll ever travel out of country to hunt. And I mean, obviously I want to, but I look at the, at North America and what we have here and the amount of different things in different ways, like meat eater actually has been doing a great job of highlighting some of the hunts that I would have never known about. Even like the Texas Audad, that's crazy. The Sika deer out in Maryland, like animals Mm -hmm. that I just didn't even know existed until hunting became more popular on social media Netflix, all that stuff. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of yeah. cool stuff that we can do here. Yeah. And social media has changed the hunting industry a hundred percent, like and in good ways and in bad ways. I've said it earlier. We're our own worst enemies in the hunting community. We got guys that want to be savage mm-hmm. with their comments or, you know, put people down when like, man, there, there's no shame in, in shooting a doe yeah. or a spike. You know, if you want some meat, you go do it. But there's always going to be somebody that says something about it. Or like my wife, man, she she got beat up pretty bad. Um, so one of the ranches that we worked for, uh, they had a buck, a huge buck, like a 180 inch buck. I, and I never even knew what inches were until I came to Texas when it came to deer. Yeah. In Arkansas, it's like that's a six point or an eight point. Exactly. You, see an eight point, yeah. you better put him down. You know, yeah. there, there is no talking about it. <laughs> and so. They had this book and they're like, yeah, man, let, let the wife shoot, shoot that deer if y'all can find it. Well, it took us a couple of days. We finally found it. She had a crossbow and, uh, from the ranch and she wanted to try it. She always shot with a rifle. Yeah. She, she hit the, the deer, uh, and then we had to go track it down. It wasn't the best shot. I mean, it was a, it was a deadly shot. Yeah. We jumped, we went tracking too soon. We were too excited, yep. you know, it <laughs> I know never fails, never fails. So he got up and he ran and he bedded down. She had to uh, shoot him again and, and it tore, it tore, it broke her. She's like, never again. I'm not shooting a, shooting a bow, you know, uh, cause she just, she didn't like that. Yeah. But anyway, we, we get that, that buck in and uh, we're so proud of it. You know, I'm taking pictures of her. We do it a little different, a little artistic, you know, we might take, the the deer and turn him sideways and have her like behind the the horns and then turn back this way to, 
curl the head up a little bit so that way the horns are, are pointing up. Mm-hmm. Sometimes she'll just put her hand on the horn and it'll be just a close-up shot because it's less about a trophy picture and more of just showing the appreciation. For yeah, the, the animal, intimate you know? moment that it creates. Exactly. Yeah. You know, because – and then we made a little TikTok and, uh, oh, my God, dude, the hate in it. Uh, it I, I didn't even I didn't want to tell her she saw it because we're, we're both on it you know and uh, everybody or not everybody there was a lot of people that were defending her you know and because the first few things were oh my god you know did you feed that thing out of your hand or that's a that's a pen raised deer and it just it's like man look can't we all just uh, appreciate the yeah. fact that we're all enjoying hunting, you can do it however you want to do it. And then some people were hating on her because she used a crossbow. Like, come on, man. You know, like, does it does it ever end? So I had to sit her down and I'm like, babe, you, you got to like just white noise, all mm-hmm. that stuff. Yep. You know, that pe- people might not want to see you do that, but they don't have to watch those TikToks if they don't yeah. want to. You know, they don't have to comment, but they're doing it because they don't like what you did. Mm-hmm. You can move on. Yeah. No, not, no harm, no foul here. I don't look at you any different. The people that know and love you don't look at you any different. But it was just a, it was a bad situation. And that in turn, we've got like 196 or 197,000 followers on, on TikTok. So like it blew up and then we got so much extra um, hate from when people started sharing that video mm-hmm. to like these anti-hunting groups. Oh man, we started getting death threats. Yeah, we were getting emails with death threats, and I'm thinking, this like it never even crossed my mind that something like that would happen. This is a, this was a buck. It was real narrow. He wasn't the type of buck that this ranch wanted to continue to breed. Mm-hmm. So he was about a three year old. Um, he's still young, right? We we acknowledge the fact oh, yeah. that he, that's a little young, but they don't want that buck to keep breeding these does that are out there. So they let her shoot it. We ate the deer. He tasted great. No different than, than a spike or a doe would taste. You know yeah. what I mean? That wasn't that wasn't the thing. So still at the end of the day, that's why I say we're our own worst enemy, man, because it, it, as if the hunting community would come together a little more on social media, we wouldn't have these attacks. We already have enough enemies from all these anti-hunting groups. We don't need to be enemies amongst ourselves. Yeah, you for know? sure. Yeah, I think... Uh... I think, like I said, people just need to respect the difference in method, in um, even the weapon that you use, like where you sit, if you're sitting in a tree stand waiting for them, if you're going Mm -hmm. on foot. And there's just so much. I mean, it's a divisive culture going on right now, and it's unfortunate, but hopefully as hunters we can start to realize, like if you actually – I've really found that I have – I don't know that I've ever had a negative interaction face to face with another hunter about method or, you know, mm-hmm. how you go about it. It's always behind a keyboard. Oh yeah. yeah. Like once you get out there, <laughs> keyboard warriors. Right? I could I could be a diehard like 270 is the greatest um cartridge ever made and somebody else might be like a 65, somebody else might be a 300, who knows. If you're in a room together, you're not having those arguments. It's oh, only yeah, no. you see one person and you're like, oh, I got to defend this. And I, I talked to my wife about the same stuff because she does. She's big on social media and um, she gets negative comments. And I'm like, here's what you have to understand. 
you'll never please everybody. There's always going to be somebody that says something wrong. And if you take this video down due to their negative comments, there's going to be somebody who has something negative to say about you cave into the pressure. I'm like, so it's literally a a no win situation (laughs) until you're at peace with doing what you feel comfortable doing. And that's kind of the way that we've had to approach it. Cause it's funny. Cause I, I don't even know if he's still the president of PETA, but I know for a long time, the president of PETA, his name was Dan Matthews. So imagine being a hunter that shares a name with the president <laughs> of PETA. I'm like, this, this is going to go south. But maybe luckily, maybe nope. you're undercover boss right now. Are, are you trying to trick me? Is that what <laughs> Undercover, yeah. I've got these in my office behind me. Yeah. Yeah. He, I was like, man, I'm glad nobody's put two and two together on that one because I'm sure I get all kinds of hate. Yeah, man, it's, it's unfortunate. It is, you know, it is what it is though. We have to know that. And we, we also can be better about this stuff. Not, not saying you don't have to do the grip and grin, uh, when you do your trophy shots and stuff, but we could all be a little more tactful because, Mm -hmm. and we were talking about this earlier, the way we grew up, you were in a hunting community. Those pictures were physical pictures that you had in your hand from like a Polaroid or something, you know? So like when you went to deer camp, you had all your deer pictures on the wall. So when people came in, they're like, Oh man, look at that. That's so cool. You got that out here, you know? And Oh, well look at this. And this is, this is grandpa and this is uncle Donald and everybody, you know? And now you put that picture, it's no longer going on a wall in a place of people that have the same uh, views in the hunting world as you do. Now you're putting it on social media where anybody has access to that photo. Yep. And then that's where the problem lies. And if, if you if you were a little uh, worried about how someone might look at it and you post it anyway, oh, you're you're definitely going to get some some yep. negative comments, you know. So it, it's more, and it wouldn't even matter if you wrote because we've tried it. You could write a, a narrative in the caption about how it all went down, and only twenty percent of the people will take the time to read that and appreciate that story yep. that you told that went along with that picture. But most people. They're just scrolling and they see you holding a dead animal and they're like, oh, my God, that poor animal. When we all know in the hunting world, no, that that animal fed us for a couple months. You know, the reason it's getting mounted and put on a wall is to remind people of a story that we can tell in our house amongst friends that we all know and love and share those same interests with. You know, but people that don't know and aren't in that hunting community you can't you can't teach them you can't you can't tell them they have their mindset already that that you've done something evil in the world and that's the only way so arguing with them and i did i I went down that road in that video in that tiktok man and i started bantering back and forth with these people trying to defend myself and and we we had a lot of our followers that were also helping adriana with like tackling some of these issues that people because there is a lot of us that want to explain. Mm-hmm. We want to tell you why this happened, but if you don't want to listen, we're wasting our time. Yep. And that, that's where eventually I got to that point where I'm like, I, I need to quit. I need to quit responding to all these negative comments because it's after about three replies, I'm like, no, he, he's, he's somewhere else. I've lost him. He, he's yeah. already had that mindset, you know, he already knows so what it, he's going to come back with. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it's unfortunate, but man, I, I hope uh, I hope things change in the social media world because we, we definitely need to put ourselves in a better light. 
for sure. Well, I've seen I've seen a lot recently. Actually, it used to be you could just swipe through, and it's just like a kill shot after kill shot, or a grip and grin after one after the next. And lately, it, what I've seen is they'll like on reels um, or any type of video, they'll have that initial chunk of the video is like the shot, and then they'll cut mm-hmm. it because it gets people's attention and then they go right into the story and it might be eight minutes of story before it goes back to that moment. And I'm like, that's cool. Like they can still use what we as hunters know is like the, the attention grabber Yep. just to get people involved. And then they just cut away from it and they're like, this is the story behind it. Like listen Mm -hmm. to this and a lot less people are going to like just swipe all the way to the end and watch the kill shot. I listen to those stories and I'm like, man, I love, I love the history of pursuing an animal or, you know, discovering how to hunt a certain type of way and then going and making it possible. Um, yeah, I think we can do a lot. I can, I think we all can do a lot on that end as far as trying to engage people in a positive way instead of just like, Hey, here's my trophy. What, yeah, yeah. from a photography and videography side, like, are there, are there any tips that you have for people when they are, you know, post kill on the ground, like ready to take pictures and videos, how to go about that. Yeah. If you're, cause most of us hunt alone anyway. So it, it's turning more into like, you're just kind of filming the, the animal as you walk up or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I really like the style of appreciating what just happened. So like, even, even like with that video with the wife, when, when she took a knee behind it, you know, she, her, her first initial thing was she put her one arm underneath the, the bottom side of the, the horns and her left hand went to the body and neck of the deer. And she was just kind of like rubbing the side of the deer, like, oh my God, you know, like, cause it was a roller coaster, you know, like, and it finally stopped. We walked in there, he was done, he had expired, and now she could appreciate what had just happened, you know? So when I'm recording all that, I'm following her hand as it's moving down the horn, and then she touches the ear, you know? Then she'll go around. For me, artistically, it's more about lighting because you got to have – the light kind of needs to be on the animal, and we don't carry lights and stuff with us, so you're you're basically using the sun. But as far as – the more detail that you can show, the more appreciation uh, other hunters have uh, when they're seeing that video. So all those little things matter more than just uh, obviously walking up. It, people want to see because they, they also want to see you near the animal so they can judge it yep. because everybody wants to see, well, is it a big buck or is it not a big buck? You know, yep. and uh, so and it, all that stuff's on your personal style, too. So, like, if, if you don't really care about any of that, because I know plenty of guys that don't even have social media that are big time hunters and they don't even take pictures with their animals. Yep. Just they, they don't they don't care. That's not something that, that they they don't want to show, but they're going to get it mounted and they're going to have it at their house, you know for a storytelling purpose but yeah yeah i don't know it our style is more uh shallow depth of field um a lot of detail and then after that then you can back out and get like an overall shot of of what had just happened you know 
music plays a big role. That's why we like TikTok so much. Because yeah. you can you can set the mood immediately with just the, the type of songs that you pick out for, for different things. And you don't even have to have uh, fancy professional equipment nowadays because these iPhones and smartphones in general, the, the camera technology has just blown up, man. Like yeah. it. You can do so much now from your cell phone. There's really not a need to go out and get stuff unless you do what we do, which is like from three, four hundred yards away. We're we're taking photos and videos of animals so that the ranches can post that on social media to sell those animals in a sense of like, this is what we have to offer this year, you yeah. know, but you're not going to get that shot with a cell phone picture. So we, we have to take all of our fancy equipment out there. Yeah, I I've looked. I mean, I just got a little 4K um, like hand camcorder because I like, I like being able to document stuff and I don't ever make videos and post them, but I just like being able to show my buddies when we're out. I'm like, dude, all right. I saw this Tom that was on the neighbor's property and it had two beards and check this thing out. And I mean, it's like <laughs> terrible quality, but at least they get a feel for it. Or yeah. like, man, I saw this deer all the way at the end of the cornfield and like that to me is fun. It helps me to be able to share the story with my buddies, but like the camera equipment that you guys have, I'm like, Oh man, I would love to be able to zoom in from like 300 <laughs> yards, like crisp see detail count points, all of yeah. it. I, uh, yeah, my cell phone, it, it catches everything like directly under my tree stand. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, there's, there's times where, uh, it's just easier and more convenient for you to pick up that cell phone and, and do what you got to get done. Well, and when you're talking about stuff for social media, you don't even need anything more than a, a cell phone when it comes to taking pictures of something that you, you just killed. Yep. But when, when we go out, so like 4k, what you're talking about, that's, that's high quality stuff, man. Yeah. <laughs> so you could even zoom in whatever you're filming on uh, or filming at, you can still take that and crop that in pretty significantly and you're not going to lose any quality. That's the best part about 4k. Yep. So like when we, we take this past weekend, I, I was out watching some elk and there were some whitetail in the same uh, area and they were just kind of staring at each other. One was on the elk was on a tree line and, and the whitetail was just coming out of the tree line and they were 450, you know, yards away. And I'm filming that from a tripod because you have to keep that camera as still as possible mm -hmm. um, just so there's no shake. A little bit of wind and you can already see that the quality kind of goes down. But I sent that uh, video to the, to the ranch manager a couple hours later, you know, just so he could see. Like once you crop it in and put it on your cell phone, it's like I'm standing right there, you know. And they know you can't walk up to an elk like that oh, out yeah. there because they're running around. You know, they, they hear a, a side by side coming down the road. They're gone, man. They don't, they don't have time to sit around to see what you want, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, so you, you gotta be way off somewhere else to be able to capture all that stuff. But I enjoy it, man, because it's, it's like I'm there getting to hunt those animals, but I'm not shooting them and then having to clean them. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> we're just taking the pictures. We're cleaning up the pictures and then delivering a product to the ranches, so then they can have people come out and shoot those animals. But it's it's a ton of fun. I, I love it. I, I think uh, the the relationship with so it, with the border patrol, I don't take any days off uh, in the spring and summer because I have to save all my time for the fall because I we have all this stuff going on all the time, you know. Yep. So it's a it's a struggle. And sometimes like right now I'm kind of going in, going through a shift. It took us five or six years to get 
uh, where we are now uh, to where we're comfortable with the business. But we got a little baby at the house now. He's 11 months old. Congrats. And man, has it. Thank you. It's it's changed everything. Like I, my time, and I think this is important for everybody to know, your time is worth more money than you think. It, it's your, and it might not, the product that you're delivering is the product, right? But it's the, your time now, because now it's more important for me to be at the house with the wife and kid. So it's going to cost somebody a lot more to get me to go out on these hunts mm -hmm. because I, now we're comfortable. We, we were, we were grinding for the past five or six years. I was doing anything and everything I could to get our name out there to do work, do a lot of free work because free work turned into, Hey, can you come back out this year? Yeah, but I need I'm, this time I need to be paid, man. I, mm -hmm. you know, I, I can't, I can't be doing that. Okay. Well, X, Y, Z. Yeah, that'll work. We'll, well, then we'll go from there. And then the next year, Hey man, I did this, this, and this, but this year I'm, I'm going to bump it up because I've got better equipment. All right. 10, four, you know, yep. so you, you, you build it up over time. And, but now it's like, we we're good, but now I'm like, man, I, this kid, he, he is a lot of fun to be around, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and the wife too, you know, so she, she's left. She didn't even, she's no longer working anymore. She, she's here at the house taking care of the kid and helping nice. run tag outdoors. So it has its benefits, but I mean, the grind and the struggle was real to start yeah. out with it. And that, that for you too, man, I, I know you're, you're at the year mark already and you already made it past most people. If they can't, if they can't get past that six month or a year mark, then they're not going to make it. Well, you, you know, you're going to make it now. And I'm telling you, you're going to make it. Yeah. If, you, if you did it and you grinded it out for that year and you're still here, then you're going to, you're going to be just fine. Yeah. We, uh, we've slowly been pulling back from all of, like our other responsibilities, other business stuff. And, uh, we've got about two weeks left in one of our businesses and then it's full time podcasting and social media. And we, same type of thing. Like we value our time. We've always, yep. we've always said we aren't going to find success in how much money we have, but how much time we have to do what we love. And that's spending time with my wife and kids. And yep, I mean, <laughs> she, it's funny. I look back at it. I look back even like five years. And if somebody had called me and said, Hey man, I'll pay you $400 to come and do X, Y, or Z. I'm like, dude, 400 bucks. Like I will absolutely <laughs> go do that. I'm and, on the way. <laughs> yeah. I I just pulled in and they're like, what? Yeah. Um, but now I'm like, man, $400. Yeah. That'd be nice. But also I value my time with my wife and kids. I value yeah, it's, it's worth $400 yeah. to stay home. <laughs> I wouldn't pay $400 to go on a duck hunt, like on a piece of public land that I'm probably not even going to see a bird. But mm -hmm. if you said, Hey, I'll give you $400 this Saturday morning to come and do this work for me. I'm like, no, I'd rather go and not see a bird and hang out with my buddies. Like my time yeah. is just becoming more and more important to me. And, um, I feel like that's kind of how it is. There's a progression with every business. Like you get, once you get through that, like grind, like 24 seven, no matter what, we're going to do what it takes. We're going to build relationships and try to grow the brand. Um, you can kind of get to a point where it's like, all right, now I can be more selective and I yeah. can, I can enjoy what the whole reason for doing this to create more time and income for me and my family. Uh, yeah, once you get sure. to that point, it becomes a lot more enjoyable. Yeah. And I, I like y'all's TikToks, those little skits and stuff that you are doing about going hunting and she's over here and you're doing that, you know, but 
you and I both were blessed with with some great wives because oh, there, there's a there's a lot of relationships that uh, that can't make it through hunting season. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, a, a true outdoorsman is kind of hard to live with uh, and be around during hunting season because they want to be out there chasing animals. Yep. But then you also have to know you're taking time away from your family. So oh, yeah. when it's not hunting season, you better be doubling down on family time, yep. you know, and, and that, that was a hard lesson for me to learn. Uh, now it's going to be easy because my mindset has changed, but for the longest time we were grinding winter, spring, summer, fall, no stop, no days off. When I wasn't working at my work, work job, I was working at the tag outdoors job. Yep. So now things are slowing down, but because we're choosing to slow down, um, you know, and it, oh, yeah. it's better that you can make that choice and do that than than feel like you have to. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So it, it, it's great. I, I appreciate uh, my wife one hundred and ten percent. Like no words will ever be able to describe uh, the the thanks that I have for her because there's no argument. There's no when it's time to do stuff. I got to go. Like right now, this is a prime example. Today is our anniversary. Ten oh, years. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks, man. So, but here I am talking to you, know, like, and she's like, no, knock it out. Do it, you know? Yeah. And then I just got back from the ranch. I got to go back to do my border patrol work for a couple of days. And then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'm out again at another ranch doing, doing more hunts and doing more photography stuff. So right now things are busy, but I have to remind her constantly how much I appreciate her, yeah. you know, because it's, it could be tough. I, I could see where uh, a lot of people can't make the balance uh, in in the hunting world because guys are hard to handle, man. <laughs> if if they're big time hunters, they can be yeah. a real pain in the ass. You oh know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've we've kind of run in. I mean, we've never really had any big issues around like me going hunting or fishing. Like she's always been so supportive. And my buddies are like, man, why? How come your wife lets you go so much? And I'm like, you should see how I talk to her and how I treat her when I get back from a hunt. I'm Mm -hmm. like, I like when I'm away from her, I miss her. I love her. I want to be back home with her and I make sure she knows it. I mean, it can be as simple as sitting in the tree stand and sending her a text when you're doing the thing that you love most as far as like bow hunting or duck hunting. And she gets a text from you saying like, man, I'm thinking about you. That means the world to her because she's like, he's taking time out of his hobby to stop and tell me that he's thinking about me. And I mean, it just goes both ways, you know, like if I was selfish and I didn't do those things and she didn't feel loved and appreciated, I guarantee the amount of time she wants me to go hunting is going to get pulled back here. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, man. So does, does your wife, uh, photograph with you? Does she do photo and video? Absolutely. Yeah. So when we, when we get hired out, not, not recently because we got William here at the house and it's just easier to take care of him here at the house than than load up all of our stuff. Cause as you know, kids and you got to pack an entire back of a truck up to bring all their stuff. (laughs) So like on some of the, the ranches that are a couple hours from here, uh, we take William with us and little playpen and everything and all those toys. And she goes and we go out and we knock all this stuff out because she likes to be outside too. And we yeah. definitely want to raise him the same way we were raised, you know? So she, a lot of her family's from Mexico and they've got ranch land. So they're, they're country folks, yeah. you know, the same way we are. They being outdoors is just part of who we all are. So 
that that helps balance everything as well because when we jump on the ranger uh, william's jumping on the ranger too and yeah. i can't wait till he gets old enough that he can start opening gates because that's mm. going to be very important <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah so it's good man yeah yeah that's awesome i i'm getting to the point now i've got a five-year-old boy and a three-year-old girl and they both understand hunting like if i go down on the property i live on and shoot a deer i come back and get them and i'm like hey mm-hmm. daddy got one we're gonna go find it and they come and help me every day we ride on my bike i got an e-bike and we take it around the property and they just want to go uh awesome. go look for deer and turkeys and it's just funny because they don't fully understand how hunting works yet because uh, mm-hmm. we'll be like in town and we'll see a turkey, a duck, a goose, a deer, you name it. Daddy, shoot that, shoot that. I'm like, well, <laughs> we're at the park, buddy. That's not, yeah. we can't quite do that. But they, it's it's just a good time. I'm excited to get them or just to see their passions for it kind of develop and stuff because I knew I grew up with it and I couldn't wait to get out in the woods. Yeah, yeah, same here. And we do a lot of work with uh, uh, a youth group, uh, the Donald camp youth group out of new mexico oh, and nice. they come down here and, and go on hunts with us and we film and do photos for, for them as well but that's fun man like to 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 mold these young minds into what's right and what's wrong and how to do things and how to appreciate the outdoors that that means the world to me because my parents and my family all did the same with me and yep. i want to return the favor you know because if if we're not showing the, the next generation how to do it properly you'd you damn sure don't want social media showing oh, them no. how, how to do it, you know. So they 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 need to learn it from somebody firsthand for sure. So yeah, I'm excited as well, man. I, I hope William gets out here and starts loving it as much as we did. Yeah, I I look back at it and I'm like, man, I grew up. I would go and sit on this down tree on the same hillside every year with my uncle, and it was me, my uncle, and my cousin. And we'd sit there, and he would tell us stories, and he'd tell us to shut up when we were like wrestling around, <laughs> and uh last year or sorry two years ago i went up to wisconsin for rifle season and my nephew asked me to come with and we sat up in the tree and i was explaining things he does his dad doesn't hunt at all he's never really been around hunting and but he wanted to come and i got to talk to him and like do all of that same stuff that my uncle did and part of me was like am I really this old that I've got a nephew now that like is learning from me? But, uh, it was just cool. Like to just pass that information yeah. on. And, and now I see it cause I've got, man, I don't even know. I should probably know the number, probably like 16 nieces and nephews all together. Oh, wow. And, um, it's just cool to be able to pass it on to that next generation. And, and some of them are going to take, some of them won't be interested yeah. at all. And I'm totally fine yeah. with that, but I, I just can't yeah. wait to, you know, pull the pranks that they used to pull on me, <laughs> throwing some milk duds on the ground, saying it's rabbit poop, eating it, and watch their yeah. face go crazy. Oh, man. Yeah. What a... Yeah, and so... Uh, go, go ahead. ahead. I, I already forgot what I was just going to say. Oh, I was... I was just going to ask, uh, what is, what does this year look like for you as far as hunting trips? Like, do you do a lot of your own personal hunts still in between uh the work and photography or is it all all business no man I, yeah all business um only because i i still get to share that same passion yeah. i'm going on hunts with people specifically to document it and photo it and video it and 
and then so sometimes like on these more local ranches around here i'll just go to guide you know they don't they don't necessarily want photos and videos i do it anyway just because i enjoy it you know i might you take their phone and take pictures of them with their animals you know but not necessarily go through all the the heavy lifting of the equipment and um but i get the same joy man like I don't have to pull the trigger anymore yep. to, to get that same adrenaline rush. And I think that that's what keeps me going and being able to go hunt all these different species, but never, I mean, this is going to sound weird to say, but I don't ever have to pay for any of these animals that I get to go kill because yeah. I'm not killing them, but I'm there when it happens. So I get that same thrill, you know, yep. I enjoy it. It's all part of the process, man. Like, and if you, if you're, if you really enjoy the, the process and, I mean, that I don't I don't know any other way to say it best. If you enjoy the process, man, it's 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 everything. Yeah. So the the photos that kind of comes secondhand, but the 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 adrenaline rush, it's there every time, every so single cool. time, man. It never gets old. Now, and I'm probably addicted to it. That's probably, yeah. oh, that's probably why sure. I'm always booking these hunts. You know. I noticed that I've got a buddy who's drawn a couple really cool tags: one moose and one mountain goat tag, and. I fully hunted that animal just the same as he did. And just like you're saying, I didn't pull the trigger, but that didn't, that didn't affect me at all. I mean, I took off the time from work. I paid the money to go out there and help him and I loved it. And I still tell the story as if I was the hunter, even though I didn't pull the trigger. I'm like, listen, I mean, he's the one who did it, but people ask like, Oh, what all of you hunted? I'm like, I've hunted mountain goat. I've hunted moose. Only difference Mm -hmm. is, my buddy pulled the trigger instead of me and it's, and that's it. And yeah, I, I really didn't need to. And I told him, I was like, I'm not even going to put in for a mountain goat tag anymore. It was the same type of thing. Like what you were saying with the odd ed, I didn't care for the meat a whole lot. Like we cooked some up, up there on the mountain. And I was like, normally I'm so hungry. Everything tastes so good. And I'm like, this still (laughs) doesn't taste very great. So yeah, I was like, I, I feel like I've already accomplished this hunt and I just don't need to do one on my own. Um, yeah. Maybe in the future, like an Alaskan one with my bow or something would be fun, but it, yeah, just being along for the ride is enough yeah. sometimes. I, I think I enjoy, uh, so to go back to that question of do I do any hunts on my own? If I have time, I will go buy an over the counter bear tag in New Mexico. Yeah. Only so I can get so far away from civilization to reset my mental health. Yep. And and like, um, so that just happened with, with the border patrol. I'll try not to talk about it too much, but we were all over the news here two weeks ago. Uh, there was 18,000 something people underneath the international bridge. We were down there for all of it. And it was nonstop work 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 i would come home sleep five or six hours wake up and go right back out there we were rotating shifts with everybody we just didn't have the manpower to handle it yeah so when we finally got all that stuff processed and uh people were actually out from under that bridge and into processing facilities a lot of that weight left and i'm like i need a couple days Mm -hmm. so i went to my boss and i'm like we all had been had enough, you know, like it, it was just, it was a ton. And, um, so we both ended up taking off a couple of days, but, uh, I needed it, man. And I went out to New Mexico, bought my, my over the counter bear tag. I took a, my cameras with me. Cause I always do the first day I, ha- I, I saw elk every day. Cause obviously 
I got a bear tag. You yeah. Know? yeah. And I had a, <laughs> if I had an elk tag, I would have saw a bunch of bears. You yep. know? So I went back to camp. I put the cameras away and I'm like, no, man, I took talking to myself. You know, I'm like, I, I need to just leave all this here and just go for a walk. And I did for three days, man. I just went everywhere. And it was it was good to get back to the roots of just enjoying nature, like yep. no self-service. You, you got a backpack full of food and water and you're just out surviving, you know? Yeah. And some, some people look at me, like I tell that story at work all the time. They're like, man, you're crazy. You know? And I'm like, it's just, I have a different way of having this mental reset. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like it, I, I came back to work like three days later, like, like nothing had even happened. Like yeah. I'm ready to go. Let, let's knock this out, you know, but everybody has a different process that they have to do that mental reset. And that's mine, man. It's just getting out there and getting away. And it was, it was odd because the wife hadn't got to see me. And I didn't even see my kid at all because I'm waking up at four o'clock in the morning. I'm going to bed at 10 o'clock at night. Never saw him. But for her to also be like, she checked me. You, you need a break. You, yeah. you need to go. Like you need to get out of That's here cool. because you, you, you are strung out, you know, and I was having all kinds of health issues at the time. Uh, and it's, it's crazy what three or four days up on a mountain by yourself can do mind, body, and spirit. And oh, as yeah. crazy as that sounds, man, but it, it's, that's me. That's who I am. You know? So I, I came back and hit the ground running and, and still here today. So if it, if it hap happens again, then I'm going to have to take another mental reset up on one of those mountains, you know, <laughs> you're like waiting for more chaos. Like uh, yeah. I, could, I could pull another three days out of this one. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. yeah. Do you have, you have any of those little quirks that you got to have a little mental reset? Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, mine unfortunately isn't like three or four days out, but I just tell my wife, I'm like, you know, there's going to be certain nights of the week where I'm like, it's unplanned, but like, I'm just going to go sit in the tree stand. And even, even in the off points in the year, I'll just go out and check trail cameras. I know they make cellular trail cameras where you don't have to walk yeah. out. And I'm like, I couldn't care less. I don't, I spend enough time having to look at my phone, having to respond to stuff. Like I'd rather be there in person having to, you know, walk through the field, walk across the Creek. And that's refreshing for me. Like, yeah, I, I probably sound really crazy, but I could go sit in my tree stand when it's not hunting season without any camo, without a weapon at all, and just sit and do yeah, that for, for a sure. whole day and, and feel like a brand new man at the end of you it. You probably feel like you've got more clarity. Yeah. Like you, you, you think completely different when, when you're in your element as opposed to any other time. Yeah. You know? Well, it's amazing how, how things that weigh you down and take up so much mental capacity throughout the week that you're just like, man, I'm never going to get past this. Like this is going to be a big problem or like a financial issue or like just a, a project that you can't, that you're having a hard time finishing. It just seems mm -hmm. like that's always going to be looming. And then as soon as you're out there, it doesn't even yeah. matter. It like not even a little away. bit, you don't think about yeah. it. And, but it does give you energy to get back and, and knock it out. Or sometimes you figure out the solution while you're out there. So yeah. I love it. I absolutely love it. And, uh, it sounds like you're super passionate about it. Um, we're actually over an hour. I don't know how that's possible. Oh, well. It seems like we've been talking <laughs> for like 20 minutes, maybe. Yeah. Um, but I, I want to give you a chance to share with everybody. How can they find you guys tag outdoors and, and kind of what you do, see your work. 
Yeah, uh, probably our biggest following is TikTok and then and then Instagram and then Facebook. Uh, Facebook's more of the, the older generation, you know, that's what we all started out on yeah. when we were in college, you know. Uh, but then it's funny because I've been doing the photo stuff forever and I had a guy six or seven years ago that I worked with and he's like, are you not on Instagram? And I'm like, what the hell is Instagram? Yeah. You know? And he's like, no, you need to be putting these pictures out there, man. Like this is too cool to not be sharing. And so I did that. And then I was like, this is crazy. This is a lot of fun, you know, yeah. like, cause I'm getting positive feedback, you know? So that started taking off and then uh TikTok came out. And so there was a group of us on Instagram. Um, we had these engagement groups. It's ha probably how we grew so fast uh, with these guys, like unguided outdoors. Yeah. And um, they, we, when we would make a post, we would go into this message, the message, the group message, and tell everybody, "Hey, we made a post. This is where it is. This is the link." They could click it, go over there, and make a comment. When it starts driving your engagement up and your and your interactions, so it yeah. helps more people see your stuff. So that was early on before that was a thing, you know, like these guys, and I didn't know anything about that. You know, I was just fortunate enough that they reached out to be like, Hey, you want to join this group? And I'm like, hell yeah, sure. Why not? You know? Yep. And, uh, so then he, he gets Kyle, the guy with unguided outdoors. He's like, man, you gotta get on TikTok." And I'm like, I'm not getting on TikTok, dude. Like that was back when COVID first came out, like mm -hmm. last March or whatever, you know? And, uh, and we had downloaded it, me and the wife and it's hilarious, like wasting hours of our life, just mm -hmm. laughing at all this stuff <laughs> on TikTok, right? Like you're never getting that time back, but yeah. it was, but it was enjoyable, you know? So, and then we started posting a couple videos that we had done from different ranches. And then from there, kind of started learning who was watching the videos, what age groups. So then I could start putting in music that would fit to the certain age groups, you know, yep. now doing some like old school hip hop, like ghetto cowboy and some biggie, biggie and some of those, those yep. videos, dude. Like, and so it blew up and now we're just having a hell of a time. We're not getting paid by any of those. We did it for a little while. They, they made us one of those creator accounts and you were getting like pennies on a view or what, however yep. the hell it worked out. But it wasn't, it, it wasn't worth sticking around because you start losing your your views because they're having to pay you now for those mm -hmm. views so we got out of that content creator platform and back into just a personal uh account and now the, the views shot back up because they're not having to pay us but we don't care we're, we're just having oh, fun yeah. man having like, fun, you know yeah. we don't we don't make money through social media but w that's how you just get yourself out there you know like yeah. hell i wouldn't even have run across your page if i didn't see you on tiktok you know yep. and the, with with your wife making those skits i was rolling I'm like, man, this this guy is just like me, man. We've got it's, to set something man, up. Man, <laughs> it's so fun. When she first told me about TikTok, it was the same thing. I'm like, that platform's for high school Kids. girls to do dances <laughs> on. Like, I'm I I will I'll get like predator charges pressed against me for being on like I'm a 33-year-old man. I should not be on this yeah. platform. And she's like, no, it's not about that. Like, there's all kinds of different stuff. And you just have to hop on these trends and you have to do this. And I'm like, I'm not dancing. And she's like, well, <laughs> maybe a couple times, but yeah, uh, yeah, she's like, you just need to figure out how to turn all of this stuff towards hunting. And yeah. once I discovered that I'll, I'll be like sitting there scrolling and I'm like, Oh, this is going to be good. And I look forward to making the video <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, man, what if I turned into <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny because those algorithms, like computers are smarter than us these days, yeah. you know, so those algorithms learn who you are and learn what you like to watch. And yep. next thing you know, you're on hunting TikTok mm -hmm. and all you're going to see is just hunting stuff. So it, it's great. Like, a lot of mine is like, 
positive and um, motivational mm -hmm. speeches and stuff. You yep. know, Joe Rogan, Jordan Peterson, and oh uh, yeah, all the all those guys mixed in with hunting. So it's like I'm getting built up, and then I'm back back to the hunting side of things. <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, it, sometimes I got to remind remind myself, like I got to get back to work. Yeah, you know, like. <laughs> I got to go do something productive or I'm going to be here all night. Wait a minute. I can't phone. get paid to just comment on videos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, all that stuff. But that's what I'm saying. Social media has changed everything for us, good and bad. So you have to learn to just work with it, you know, and it, yeah. like you said, you've got, you've got to find a way to carve that back to you, you know? So if it's, if it's creating TikToks to get people to recognize your podcast, so be it. Because people want to know, yep. you know, they're on TikTok because they're looking for entertainment. So yeah. if they find you and they start listening to the podcast, you're going to be like, it's a win-win, you know? It's crazy. So keep, I Keep doing it. I credit TikTok with like 99% of my success. I mean, like, yeah, it's content that I put out. It's equipment I buy, things like that. But the TikTok platform has like changed the game for me for podcasting. Because mm -hmm. like you said, they see the content. And my wife put out one video that got like a million views and 16,000 new followers for me. Yeah. I was at like 90 followers and it went to 16,000 almost overnight just because yep. it's like, he's starting a podcast, like let's support him. And I'm like, yeah. first of all, like I can't believe that I've got a wife that would make something like that happen for me. So awesome. And then, yep strangers hopping on board and they're like, let us know when you have gear and we'll buy it. Let us know when a new episode comes out. We'll yeah. listen to it. And it's been fun. And then yeah. I was like, man, what if I, you know, what if I just open it up for people that follow me to be a guest on the show? And that's when the first round of um, guests came through, which you're part of. I mean, the, the very first guest that I didn't know that I was having on my show, I was a nervous wreck before. I'm like, this is going <laughs> to tank. This is going to be the worst. And now they're my favorites. I'm like, I didn't know you from Adam before this. And yep. to hear your story, to hear what you're passionate about, it's it's amazing. Yeah, it's cool, man. And thanks for having me. This has been this has been fun. Like like you said, I thought it was like 15, 20 minutes. And I looked down, I'm like, oh my god, yeah, it's been almost an hour and a half. Yeah, <laughs> my my bad. No, it's good. <laughs> I I it happens to me every time. I'm like, man, I need to learn how to shut up sometimes, even though <laughs> that's what this is all about. Um, yeah. well, hey, I'm gonna give you the final word. I call this emptying the chamber, um, where you can just share anything you want as a closing thought with the listeners. Man, I don't know. I got all kinds of stuff I'd like to end with, but I'd say just keep grinding personally from me to you, man, because this was awesome. I hope we can do it again. Yeah. And for everybody that's been listening to you, obviously they enjoy it, man, or you wouldn't have the following that you have, you know, so stay at it, man. Stay positive and keep grinding. Keep it up. I appreciate it. I know what yeah. everyone else does. No, I appreciate that, man. I really do. And uh, thanks for hopping on. I Every, every guest I have, I'm like, I just, I'm thankful that people want to hop on and talk and share stories. And, um, that's what I'm passionate about too. So, um, yeah, thanks for jumping on and thanks for serving, man. Thanks for, thanks for yeah, being man, down absolutely. at that border. Like, that's awesome. Uh, I've got great respect for law enforcement, for military, for first responders. And so I'm thankful for people like you doing what you do. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. We all do as a whole. Yeah. Um, well, I think that's it. I think the only thing left to say is happy anniversary, man. Go spend some time with your <laughs> yeah, wife and, uh, Thanks. and hang yeah. out. That's cool. Yeah, going to cook some steaks and uh, grill out here, maybe have a beer or two, and then back at work tomorrow morning. Nice. Well, enjoy, enjoy the rest of your day, man.
I appreciate it. Likewise, you too. Stay out of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <Will do. laughs> All right, man. And that is going to wrap it up for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed that one. I had a great time chatting with Taylor and hearing about his adventure over in Africa, first of all, and then all the stuff he does in Texas, including being a border patrol agent. I mean, if that interests any of you listening, go check that out because I think they're still extremely short-staffed and uh, he would probably like to have another hunting buddy down there too. Anyways... If you guys aren't out in the woods right now, you need to be. It's crazy out there. I keep seeing videos and pictures of big bucks hitting the ground. I know me and a bunch of guys went up to Colorado, or not Colorado. I don't know why I was going to say Colorado. Up to Wisconsin last weekend, and we had a great time up there with my cousin. Did some waterfowl hunting, and I'm not going to share too much about it because I do have an episode coming out shortly that highlights that entire trip. So... Until next time, always choose adventure and God bless.